overall from the field, but he was also 50% from three. He was five to ten. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in the number one eight. Welcome in. Welcome into another episode of Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxonian family. We are coming off a big Houston Cougars victory inside of the Fertitta Center. 74 to 52, the number four ranked Houston Cougars come away with the victory over the Kansas State Wildcats. And uh, the Cougars improve to now 18 and 2 overall, a 5 and 2 Big 12 record. Meanwhile, Kansas State, they drop to, they drop to 15 and 5. They have a Four and three Big 12 record. On that note, joining me, Mr. Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. How are you doing, sir? And actually, Kansas State dropped to 14 and six, not 15 and five. 14 and six, four and three Big 12 record. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm, I'm ready for you to get into our first initial oh, discussion today? topic because I have comments to make about it. <laughs> I can vouch That's- for it now. <laughs> let's let's get into the show. Um, right off the bat, Jamal Shedd led the team, the Houston Cougars, in scoring 17 points, three assists. Jawan Roberts had 14 points, six rebounds. Emmanuel Sharp had nine points and six rebounds as well. Damian Dunn, 13 points with four rebounds. And uh, But those are the offensive numbers. I think what really stands out, we heard Kansas State head coach Jerome Tang talk about it post-game in his media availability. Houston Cougars' defense was phenomenal. They were suffocating. They held Kansas State Wildcats scoreless for nearly the first six minutes of the game. I believe they didn't get their first point until the just 14-02 mark in the first half. Like that, yeah. It was just one of those nights. Like I can't. Jerome Tang had high praise. We're going to hear the clip later on in the show, but he called Houston one of the best defensive teams he's ever seen. And that he was on the staff for that 2021 Baylor's Bears national championship team. So high praise coming from Jerome Tang. And I, I'm going to say this, and I don't want to sound petty, but I might come across as petty. But maybe perhaps when people hear comments about Houston's defense from a head coach or other head coaches, maybe – some people will recognize what this program at Houston has established. And we're not blowing smoke about, well, who have they played? Who have they done? All blah, 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 blah. When Jerome Tang and other head coaches in the Big 12 talk about how good Houston's defense is, and Coach Tang said is one of the best defensive teams he's seen, that's high praise coming from another head coach. It's not just us about, well, who have they played? Or, or they're just from the America. Now they're in the Big 12. They're not ready for the Big 12. A weak non-conference schedule. Who are they playing? You know, oh, well, they're not doing. Oh, they're, they're beating these sisters at the ports. And no top 25 teams. Okay. So more and more head coaches in the Big 12 have said how good Houston is defensively. So I will just take their word for it rather than others. And to, to add on to your point, Chris, how dominant Houston is has looked, especially at home. We've kind of 
it, it's been a big storyline. Kelvin Sampson himself has mentioned it leading up to this game. But in the Big 12, there are no guaranteed wins. Every game is potentially an NCAA tournament-style type of game. So it's very important if you want to be one of those top teams in the Big 12 conference, potentially come out with the regular season title at the end of the season, you have to protect home court. And so far during conference play, the Houston Cougars have done just that. But not only have they come away with victories, but they've looked absolutely dominant in each and every single one of their home Big 12 games. It started, obviously, going back to January 6th against West Virginia. They held the Mountaineers to just 55 points. Then they hosted Texas Tech. Hey, this was a top 25 team when they came in here to the Fertitta Center. They held them to 54 points. They held UCF to 42 points, the worst field goal shooting percentage that they had ever shot in the history of their program, how bad that was. And uh, even today against Kansas State, like we just touched on, they held them to just 52 points. Chris. Is that really good defense? If the opponent, now these are Big 12 schools. This is not right. the American. We're not playing against, uh, you know, the two lanes of the world. We're not playing against the East Carolinas of the world. We're not playing against the quote unquote, you know, those are American athletic conference teams. No, these are Big 12 programs, and they haven't been able to come into the Fertitta Center and get crack 60 points. That's a testament to Houston's phenomenal defensive play and a testament to what. Calvin Sampson has established here with the Houston Cougars. Exactly. And Houston disrupts what the opponents want to do. They really take teams away from, or try to take teams, their goal is to take teams away from their first and second option and make, make them go to their third and fourth option. And we've said it numerous times, you, me, Dayon, on previous LRC, LRC shows, it is really, really difficult for teams to go against Houston, who have never faced this defense before. So the first time is always really tough for an opponent to to against it because you never simulate. You, you can only do so much in practice. Simulating it in practice, and Coach Tang says we hear, the, hear it from him, his words, you know, later on in the show. Seeing it in practice, you know, watching it on film, pausing it here and there, <laughs> is not like facing it in game action. And it takes players a while to adjust to the length, the physicality, all those things. So newcomers for the first time facing Houston's defense will struggle. And then it's just a question of building on that. Houston defense will be consistent, and that will keep them in games, game in, game out. Yeah, Raoun HD says this was a very gritty defensive game. The crowd seemed to be taken out of it because of how defensive it was, but I hope they understand just how good of a team we really are. Phenomenal game. Um, I mean, for it being an 11 a.m. tip-off, I thought the crowd was great. It was a blackout game, and, and the stands were packed in 15-minute mark in the first half. I was, I was impressed with the crowd in this game, and Kelvin Sampson talked about how, how big of a factor not only for Houston in this game, but he mentioned how, how the crowd – plays a, a role in all the Big 12 games as we bring welcome in the third member of the show and Dayon Dunlap. Hey, what's up, fellas? Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Speaking of the atmosphere, just staying right on topic of what you guys were discussing on TV, the atmosphere definitely looked like it had an impact on the game from, from start to finish, especially in the peak moments when Houston was really controlling the game as far as score-wise. And K-State never led in, in the game. <laughs> They yeah. never led in the game. I think the only tie was what zero zero, right? Yeah, I believe that's it. it. Was 
it, it was lopsided. Houston took went ahead and it never looked back. But real quickly, we're going to hear from head coach Calvin Sampson. We're going to hear from Jawan Roberts, from Javier Francis. And we're also going to hear some sound bites from Kansas State head coach Jerome Tang. But of course, we'd like to welcome each and every single one of you guys that has taken the time out of your Saturday afternoon to join us here live for Let's Rage Goop presented by the Saxonian family. The Saxonian family is not only the primary sponsor of today's episode of Let's Rage Cooks, but they are the top primary sponsor for each and every single regular season men's basketball game for the remainder of the season. And of course, now Chris, Dayon, I was listening to your guys' show on Tuesday, and you guys were talking about how the food at the Fertitta Center I had there's some complaints about the food at the Fertina Center. They not necessarily are happy what the options that are available. Well, I guess you could say that we have a secondary sponsor that has been gracious enough to provide some post-game food. And that, of course, is our friends at Star Pizza who have literally provided us with some post-game meals. And uh, let me tell you, it hits the spot. We've been here. I've been, we've both been here <laughs> since before 11. We've been here since 10 in the morning. So after, it kind of gets credit how much draining just being in that atmosphere is and hits the spot. I've already eaten one slice of pizza when we before right we got in the air. I'm going to try to not eat and talk on air, but... I'm, I'm just looking forward to you playing hungry. some clips so I can I can finish eating my slices of pizza. That's what I want. More, to do, def- so. More definitely. So of course we also got to say, I said I wasn't going to do it. That's exactly what I did. Talk with my muscle, but <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Thank you to Star Pizza for not only providing obviously us with some food here after the game, but also for being a sponsor since day one. Going back to last year when we launched Let's Rage Cougs. Obviously, they have three locations across the Houston area. They are your go-to stop for pizza before or after the game, just like us is after the game. We're eating um, the post-game pizza. Be sure to visit them at any of their three locations. Star Pizza, as always, has had free delivery since 1976. And we can never say thank you to them enough. Now, uh, I'm trying to put a clip. We're going to hear from Jerome Tang. So really as an excuse so I can finish a slice of pizza. Yeah. But hurry up, man. Hurry up. <laughs> hurry up. Play the he clip. had Play high praise. He, he had high praise. Yeah, for... I got to plug the, ty- the the pizza y'all have. What kind? What you eating? What kind? Well, I just ate a slice of the pepperoni pizza. You can't go wrong with the classic. And it's really good. Um, so I, good I got that I'm trying to find pizza. the video fast. But Chris, yeah, talk about the Supreme Pizza while I try to find the video file real quick. Yeah. The Supreme Pizza is outstanding. I've only had two bites of it so far, and we got large slices of it. So I'm definitely looking forward, waiting for Andy to play this clip. So I got it. Coach Tang, Without great further ado, defense. Yes, let's hear what Jerome Tang had to say about Houston after the game. So they, they're just a bunch of multiple effort guys that are always covering up for each other. We'd have a guy open, throw the pass, here came a deflection because the guy from the backside didn't give up on the play and was in the next spot. So it's just, um, they're a very connected team on the defensive end. Coach, is there a team that you would compare them to defensively in your coaching career? Um, you know, I, I think the way they switch on the perimeter and, and how they can contain the ball reminds me of our team that won when I was at Baylor. Um, we, uh, 
they have better, I, I also have some guys might get mad at me, but I think they have better rim protection than we did. You know, they got multiple guys who are level two shot blockers. And so um, going in there and trying to finish is, is really tough. So, um, but yeah, they, they've, they're really good. So when you see, when you see Shed and how he sort of directs the offense, I mean, how do you defend a guy like that, or how do you prepare for a guy like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jamal makes everybody around him better. Like he makes good college players look like all conference guys. And I mean, that's just what great point guards do and having been here and understanding what Coach Sampson wants and I actually watched uh, our Final Four game um, the last couple of days. Well, I watched but I remember at the end of the game he gets in the game and he actually uh, misses a shot, gets an offensive rebound and you can see him like even he was in for a few seconds he just has this competitiveness about him and, and he holds his team accountable out there and when you have a player that's holding players accountable helps the coaching staff. Cam. So once again, that was Kansas State head coach Jerome Tang. High praise there for Houston senior point guard Jamal Shedd. And a lot of different things that he said. I found it interesting the the comment about him going back and watching the Final Four game when he was on the Baylor staff. And he alluded to what he saw from Jamal Shedd as a freshman in that game, which it just reminds me of the story that Kelvin Sampson has said in the past where it was Dejon Jerome, Marcus Sasson, Quentin Grimes, and they told him that same season as a freshman that Jamal Shedd was going to be all right later on in the coming years. And he's been exactly that. Honestly, he's been exactly that and, and much more. And like he mentioned it in that clip, he's making his teammates. He sets them up where they look like all-conference players nine and nine out. And it's just been a testament to the growth that he's had. Obviously, not only coming uh, from last season, where now he's had to take a, a bit of a different role since Marcus Asser's gone, uh, Tremont Mark had to, uh, transferred. So he's, he's, he is the go-to facilitator. He does everything when it comes to the Houston offense, and he's excelled at it this season. And he's making his teammates better as well, and, and kind of become just an overall great offensive player, a uh, much more well-rounded player. And, and Jamal, in a, I'm going to say this, he, he read the room. K-State got within 15, whatever. That's a great he called, Chris. He called pick and roll, hot pick and roll, bring Juan up to set the screen, which brought up Will McNair, big man Will McNair. Maul split one, got a layup, called it again, hit a three. Game was over. <laughs> that was it. He read the room, read the mood of the team, read what was needed. He called the high screen and roll. I'm not sure if Coach Sampson called that from the sideline or Jamal called it himself, but it ended up with, with two buckets, and the game was over. If K-State had any run, or as Coach Tank said after the game, our runs were <laughs> a bucket. <laughs> that was a run for us. One bucket for us was a run. So uh, it's the way Houston played, but Jamal did a great job of reading what was needed from the offense, calling it his own number, really. But he won a high screen roll from Juwan Roberts. Juwan came up to the top of the key, set that screen, penetrated. He split it, got a layup, called it again. Next play, hit a three pointer from the right side. That was it. Great job by Jamal. Great job. Great point, Chris. Just to piggyback off of you, I think, um, like we said in previous episodes, uh, um, especially coming off his career high when he had it 29 and 10, particularly in that game, what I mentioned was the shot selection. 
And that's the same thing he's done after that game, picking and choosing his spots, getting inside the paint. is the most important thing, in my opinion, getting inside the paint. And he didn't make a couple of his early shots inside the paint early. But like you just said, Chris, he did a great job of getting shot selection, keeping the pulse of the team and the game and recognizing when it's time for him to be aggressive to score. And I like his shot selection early because it's aggressive to score inside the paint area, which in essence, he's already a threat to score. But then when he shows he's aggressive to get inside and look at the score with his natural playmaking ability, like Andy said, he's really developing to a well-rounded offensive player. And another player that um, watching this game, who's really, 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 he just struck me as he's really just a smart basketball player is Emmanuel Sharp. I don't know if you guys touched upon him, but um, a few things I noticed that stood out to him as well. But Jamal, 1,000%, is a, um, definitely getting all the way well-rounded offensively, but he's picking and chooses. His shot selection is really, really taking him to the next level. I think – I don't want – yeah, I, I just I just say that. His shot's really, really taking him to the next level. And, and the offense as a whole, and you can add in as well. Coach Sampson said at Houston, they, they got great shots. Yeah. All game. <clears throat> they just missed. Emmanuel just missed. But the shots that they got, Coach Sampson was happy with the shots that his players got. Yeah, so They it was ran good offense, offense, executed. Does it make it? It was good offense. It led to, to open shots. But on the topic of offense, one of the other players that it, we got mentioned in postgame kind of brought a little bit of a laugh when we talk about the, the growth that he has made from when he first got to the program. But that's Jawan Roberts. And he's become a go-to scorer for this Houston Cougars program. And honestly, what makes it even more uh, – what makes it even more of an achievement or much more impressive is that he's doing it with an injured knee. And post game, after the actual post game press conference, um, he was speaking. Jawan Roberts was speaking to some reporters after the game um, outside of their locker room, and and you know he said at this point it is what it is. You don't necessarily know if he likelihood is not going to be 100% healed until after the season's over. Um, Kelvin Sampson said that it, barely this past week was the first time that he's really been able to practice over the course of the last few weeks. But even still, battling through that, he's become a go-to consistent low-post scorer, and he's just comfortable. He never seems rushed, takes a dribble, takes two dribbles, reads the defense, does his spin move and does a hook shot. And if it's not there, then he does a good job at being able to find his open teammates on the weak side oftentimes as well. He's just grown overall as an offensive player. He definitely is. And just watching him, watching his games, he would be predictable offensively. And so watching, I will always wonder why teams don't take away his left-hand shot in the paint. But now that they are starting to do that, and which finally, just from just a basketball fan's perspective, I'm happy that he gets to it. But just watching him now that they're obviously taking away, and like you just said to your point, Andy, he he's reading the defense and reacting, and now he's going to his right hand, which is showing yep. his development. And he yep. looks very, very comfortable doing it. It doesn't look awkward. It's very natural. So now he's put on film back-to-back three consecutive, four consecutive weeks, and now he can go to his right hand and finish with the right hand, that's going to make him even tougher to defend on the block because the scout report should have been, if you watch any of his games, take away his left jump hand hook. But now that they're doing that, not only does he have the ability to make plays that he's shown, but now he can go to that right hand and either finish with the right hand jump hook or get inside and finish with the right hand as a layup. And so I love his evolution of his game, especially as a post. He's definitely become a really, really reliable post scorer. 
still waiting on that mid-range jumper face up and, and shoot the <laughs> mid-range just one time for me off the glass but other than that man i, I love what i'm saying from jay Warren. and i i talk about going to his right hand there was one shot i think he probably would have been better off going with his right hand he went with his left instead and, and the shot rolled off but adding the versatility to, to finish around the hoop with either hand just adds to his bag and it's another thing for the opponents to worry about because, as Deion said, used to be, just play for the, the left-hand jump hook. Just play for that. Just play for that. Play for that. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Now Juan is going to the right hand, right with the right-hand hook off the glass, high off the glass. Just another part of the development for him. So kudos to him and the staff. Touched on this comment from Kevin Hancock. Coach Sampson said this earlier in the week regarding Damian he made, I think, two threes a day. They were catch-and-shoot threes. His feet were set. He was ready to go. He's ready to shoot. Yep. He didn't pump fake on those threes. He caught it, let it fly. <clears throat> and I think he switched both of them. So that's a good thing to see. He's getting more comfortable in his offense from three-point range, and his defense is improving, which Coach Sampson really appreciates. Definitely, and and just to see that growth, too, I think this is the second straight game where he's been in double figures for the Houston Cougars. Uh, still not all the way there. Kelvin Sampson made sure to point that out. He's mentioned there was a couple turnovers, turnovers in this game <laughs> that uh, he said if he was back in grade school, he would have pulled them by the year from how bad those turnovers were. But, yeah, more more comfortable. And he even mentioned his comment post game, and he pointed out to you, Chris specifically, and obviously Joseph Dorker, the Chronicle, because you guys have probably heard that quote more times than anyone else in that room. But it's all about continuing to improve. He says, don't, don't make a big deal. November games is November basketball. December games are December basketball. Obviously, now we're in January, but we're seeing an improvement now. Damian Dunn isn't necessarily a younger player, but it's still a heavy adjustment period. Um, having to really just execute the high level of defense, the high level of standards that Kelvin Sampson uh, really asks and not, not asks, demands of his players. And uh, it's good to see for Damian Dunn that he's starting to be more comfortable and it's going to pay dividends, not for January basketball, but obviously the end goal in mind, which is March and for Houston specifically that first Monday in April. And and Coach Sampson says it, folks, you know, kind of downplay it. But the, the thing is to improve month to month. And it's mm-hmm. coach is not talking about massive improvement. He's talking yep. about the team needs to get better every game. So this game is done, get better for Monday's game. And he, he wants his players to improve on one thing. If his players improve game to game in one specific area, that helps the team. He wants Juan Roberts yes. to become a better defensive rebounder. Excuse me, Javier Francis. Javier Francis. Javier Francis would be better defensive rebounder. Javier did that today. I thought he was great today. He didn't take a shot. But rebounds, and he went and got rebounds in traffic. He got them, brought them down. This ball is mine. Get away from it. I got it. He was great. Steals, the hustle plays he made. He's getting more and more comfortable defensively. Just another thing, part of that Cougar development, that he's another example of that. We're going to hear from head coach Kelvin Sampson on the other side of this break. Of course, we'd like to, once again, a big thank you. Give a big thank you to the Saxonian family for being the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs. Not only for this episode, for each and every single regular season men's basketball post-game show, which is Let's Rage Cougs, the original 
post-game show for Houston men's basketball and football. And again, I always got to bring it up. The only post-game show that has been retweeted by head coach Kelvin Sampson. Got to get a little banner for that. Maybe put it in the corner right there. And of course, we also like to say thank you to Star Pizza with three locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. We uh, have to say, continue to say, big thing. you know what I want to shout out? The crust is really good on these pizzas from Star Pizza. They're toasted. And I don't know if it's like a little buttery or some garlic. There's some kick to the crust that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Um, and it's really good. And I finished one pizza during that two-minute clip of Jerome Tang. So I'm going to finish another slice while we hear what head coach Kevin Sam's had to say. Both came in. Interesting comments. Uh, I felt a, a little, not necessarily bad, but uh, the questions that Starnes first asked about, you know, the quick turnaround heading into this game. Obviously, they played today against Kansas State. They're going to turn around. They play Texas on Monday. Calvin Sampson kind of went on a little tangent before giving into details. But here's what Calvin Sampson had to say after the game following Houston's big win over Kansas State. I thought about that. It's never never in my mind because I never thought about the second part of your question. What was the second part of your question? Turnaround. Never thought about a turnaround. This this game was a separate entity. Only this game counted. it's important to get off to a good start to win this game, period. So, um, but, you know, think about our group, uh, Stearns. We, we don't think that way. We have a game today. There is no other game for us. Don't even think about it. If we talked about it, the next game prior to today, I, I just never have done that. I, I've never done it because I know we can lose this one. There's not a game in this league that you uh, can't uh, lose. So you focus on the one in front of you. You know, people that are worried about what's in front of them ain't coaches. So I, I focus on what's uh, right in front of me. If you're focused on what's ahead of you, I should have said, uh, you're not a coach. Um, we, we talk about getting up to a good start. Um, offensively, there's, sometimes there's a Huge difference in your offense and making shots. Our offense was great today. Look how many open shots we didn't make. LJ had like <coughs> in a row, boom, 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 boom. But that's okay. You're going to have nights like that as long as you're getting good shots. Uh, our, our, you know, our holy trinity uh, just doesn't change. You know, defend, rebound, take care of the ball. Do those three things, you usually, usually have a chance to win. Go ahead, Chris. What's your thoughts on the job Tavier did today? Um, yeah, I mean, he keeps getting better. <coughs> That's the uh, kind of a credo of our program. Um, the only things I challenged our guys with um, these days starting to run together. I mean, we got back from uh, Provo that night. What that was again? Which game? Tuesday. Yeah, Wednesday. So Wednesday was uh, off Thursday. Uh, these guys probably know spending what days I do stuff, but. Um, you know, if you can get each kid uh, to improve in just one area, that makes the team better. But what area can you improve in? The, the area that JBA has to improve in is defensive rebounding. Now, anybody can rebound uh, a missed free throw when the other team's getting back. But to be able to rebound in traffic uh, is what separates uh, rebounders from good rebounders. Uh, same with JoJo. Both those guys I thought were really good in traffic. Look, everybody has seven-footers. 
Everybody's got six nine guys. Um, I wouldn't trade mine for none of them. Calvin, the, the, uh, the defensive effort Jerome was saying that uh, he thinks this is the best defense he's seen in compared to the Baylor title team's defense. I mean, defensive effort. What's the question? The defensive effort. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, we just do it every night. It's consistency. I don't know that our defensive effort was any better for us against Texas Tech or uh, Central Florida. I mean, this is the way we practice, the standard that we hold, uh, that's the standard I hold these kids to. Um, I think as you go along, I mean, Chris, you and Joseph have heard, and uh, Chris Garner, you guys heard me say this a hundred times. November basketball is November basketball. It's amazing how many people react to a win or a loss in November. It doesn't matter. Uh, December. <coughs> December. Uh, win or lose, it's just December. You know, you'll be better in December than November. You'll be better in January than December. You'll be better. You know, our, our goal is to keep improving. Now, we're not going to get maybe significantly better, but we got to keep getting better. And that's what I focus on. I don't focus on storylines. Or what about this? I don't even know what that is. It's just not part of my uh, competitive makeup. My, my, my makeup is be where my feet are, man. That's where my thoughts are, my feet are. Um, uh, Jay Wan, uh, I think one of the reasons why he played so well tonight, he's, he's starting to get to practice. Now. We had a stretch there where he just couldn't practice. But uh, we had uh, Thursday, Friday practice. He practiced good both days. And I, and I anticipated him playing well. Uh, I think we had a full boat in practice this week, didn't we? Even Terrence Arsenal. <laughs> Terrence Arsenal. Uh, uh, I got mad at some. I got mad at, some mad at Malik one day. I I hadn't gotten on Terrence in a while, so I just forgot. You know, I pivoted from uh, Malik to Terrence just to make Terrence feel welcome. <laughs> Final game question back. Uh, Coach, the defense had 18 turnovers and 11 steals today. What did you think of the performance of that and then also against their top three players and I think Kaluma, uh, Perry, and Carter? You know, those guys are really good players. They were part of our scout report. And, um, um, and that's just who we are. So we, you know, we try to do that every game. I mean, we talk about it every game. Uh, the word we use, my uh, is uh, disruption. You know, there's three areas that we feel like we have to, uh, you know, not necessarily goals, but I go over it before and after games. It's uh, unscripted points. And that's points off turnovers, second chance points, and fast break points. Um, but to do that, you've got to, uh, in the words of Mr. Uh, John Willie, Ned Sampson, you've got to hustle. That's an important word. You've got to hustle. J1, how much does not being able You've got to, to um, practice or, or get hustle was a word there by head coach Calvin Sampson. Um, all right, I could hear the video in the background, so I just wanted to make sure that it, it not heard. I don't know if it was just my ears, but uh, <clears throat> there you heard a head coach Calvin Sampson on the clip right there. We mentioned it. Uh, the credo with the program uh, is 
well, he talked about multiple in terms of the defense, but specifically improving each and every single bit. If, if each player improves on one specific area, which, Chris, like you mentioned on the other side before uh, we heard Kelvin Sampson's clip, uh, was defensive rebounding, that's how the team overall improves. And by the time you get into March, by the time you get into, again, in Houston, Houston's case, they're trying to play in April that is what separates a really good team from just a good and a decent team. And it's weird to say this, but I guess it's it really is true. Houston is number one in the net. They've lost two games in the Big 12. And I guess those two losses have pushed them to the back burner on the national landscape. Because who is the national sports media college talking about? Purdue. UConn, and now North Carolina. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they're not even talking about Houston. Which, by the way, Kansas just just lost to Iowa State. So, uh, just another Saturday in the Big Twelve. And that was where was that? Was that in Ames? Uh, let me let me check. John, you saying yeah? So yeah, it was life in life in the Big Twelve, man. Life on the road in the Big Twelve, where thirty four percent, I think, success for the road team in the Big Twelve the last few years. It's tough. But it really is, maybe, I don't know, it's the Houston versus everybody mindset that I have and I've grown up with my, my whole life. But hardly anybody's talking about Houston on a national level as a team with a chance to win a championship. Hell, before Arizona lost on with Thursday, they still had Arizona ahead of Houston in terms of who can win the national championship in some national publications. I'm like, okay, y'all just keep on doing what you're doing. Houston will keep playing t- great defense and grinding out victories. And we'll see y'all down the down the road. Kevin Hancock's comment kind of goes along with that. Javier asserting himself on the offensive and defensive glass speaks to his growth in his program. Coach Kevin continues to excel in developing big men, um, specifically when it comes to growth of Javier Francis. Uh, I mean, I believe it was – I can't remember what game it was, or maybe it was leading up to the game, but Kelvin Sampson said, well, Javier Francis is the starting five for a top five team in the country. And not just anybody can be a starting five for a top five team in the country. He kind of gets overshadowed a little bit, but he's just quietly gone about constant improvement. I mean, think think about last season in stretches where he would have to come off to the floor because he just – at times, it would seem like he wasn't ready to be out there on the court. It hasn't been the case this season. There hasn't been a moment this season where Javier Friends is out there. He just looks um, like he's struggling. And again, that's a testament to the growth not only he himself, Francis, has put in, but to the program, to the coaches that have helped develop him. And as Dan says numerous times, Dan, I don't mean to cut you off, brother, but we can see it almost game to game, how the game is slowing down for, for, for Javier. Mm-hmm. You can see it. And he touched on it last home game. He's like, you know, I I still get nervous, but everything is slowing down for me, and I know what to do, and it's all part of the growth, his maturation, and his comfort level in himself, trusting himself, knowing what to do now on the court. And it's just another testament to the development of the players and the staff. Yeah, one thing the broadcast team mentioned that really stands out when I watch him is his length. Although yeah. Houston, if you look at Houston as far as height-wise, people may consider them an undersized team. <clears throat> but they mentioned the length that they have with JVA, especially when he goes up the sky for those rebounds and he's yeah. affect shots and, and block shots. Him and JoJo, I don't think teams probably really realize 
the length um, that they have and how long they really are until in the game, and then you really see it. And, I mean, game to game, it seems like Chris said earlier, he goes and gets rebounds versus being in the right place and just getting the rebound. He goes and gets it. And so in regards to being a um, a better defensive rebound, I, I think as I watch him, he's such a, a good shot blocker and wants to impact the shots. I think it's just more, more about – kind of picking and choosing can i get to this shot mm-hmm. or should i not try to go get the shot and just go get the rebound so we can push the break i think all of that comes with the experience but overall i mean I, game by game i mean we talked about it before conference started that he was kind of starting to turn turn the corner can he stack these games actually that was at west virginia game we was like now can he stack these games right. up and mm-hmm. in my opinion he's stacking them up every single game so far here in the big 12 let me ask you dayon what was – I didn't get a chance to talk to him after the game or even before, but what was Fran Fischella, the TV guys, their viewpoint about Houston overall? Man, first he always starts with defensively, but he, he really feels like Houston – he's one of the people I would say consistently that has, like you mentioned, other national – he's mentioned Houston as perennial uh, championship contenders, I would say. He says they're really championship contenders. And he said, don't let those two road losses fool you. This is a really, really good team spearheaded by Jamal Shedd. And um, so, he, I mean, he spoke highly, spoke glowingly about the defense, the length, and just the way that they defend. I I, I think it, it's a difference. I mean, like you guys touched about, like we talk about, you can see it on film, but when you actually go up against the maximum effort every single possession, I mean, that's what – the difference between Houston and some of these other defensive teams. Every effort is just like it's the game on the line when, when you're watching them defensively. Raoul HD says it's fine if we are not talked about. We'll do the talking on the court. Real quickly, uh, go back. Uh, I want to go back a little bit to the comment about Houston's big man. After the game in his, his press conference, Kelvin Sampson said that he wouldn't trade his bigs for any other bigs in the nation. Jawan Roberts sitting right Next to Kelvin Sampson, just nodded his head. And again, that's a testament to how the players are bought in. They're fully invested. They truly believe in their that the this coaching staff, obviously spearheaded or led by head coach Kelvin Sampson, is going to develop them. At the end of the day, it's going to be in the best interest for their basketball careers. And we can see that again, whether it's at moments, it literally looks game to game improvement each each season, not just one season, each season, which, again, it's it's impressive. It's phenomenal. And I mean, I don't want to look too far ahead on looking ahead. I'm just making a, a overall assessment. Just one, there's one thing left to accomplish in Coach Sampson's probably Hall career. Of Fame career. Yeah. Is winning national championship. Yep. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but just to see the continued growth in the program, the the new, the talent players nationally that are considering Houston now. We mentioned it in, in our discussion group about, you know, top guards in the class of 25 and 26 considering Houston now. As well as I saw it, uh, CA37 right here. Really appreciate the winning. UH plays amazing ball. Just grateful to experience it. We are truly experiencing a, a golden era in Houston Cougars men's basketball. I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but as long as the Samsons are, are involved, I think it's going to last a while. 
But man, oh man, I've said it before. If it ever happens and Houston wins the national championship, I am going to take off my credential <laughs> and for a minute or two be a fan and act ignorant. <laughs> I mean, just enjoy the moment, take it all in. But that's really, I'm just enjoying the competition, the improvement on the floor, the improvement everywhere with the program. And now in the, and the 12, consistency. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for consistency now. Yeah. It's, it's just really a joy to be a part of. And I'm talking just media perspective as well, not just as, as a UH alum. It's just an, it's a joy to experience what we're seeing right now. And onward and upward, man. That's, that's all I can say. One of the things that the friend did mention about Coach Simpson is he talked about his energy in regards to him with his age. He had they had like a, a segment where they called um, Samsonisms, and they had a lot of his quotes about <laughs> point guards, coaching, best players can't have um, bad practices, and some of his other quotes. One of the things he did mention that stood out to me, he said that Coach Samson has mellowed down over the years. He said he's still tough and hard on his players, and when you go to Houston, you know you're going to get that tough coaching. And he, he talked about criticism and as far as criticizing players and how players better get over real quick because he said that Samson said after he criticized them, he's over it. So he expects them to be over it. So there's a lot of gems for Coach Samson, how he he's evolved over the years and evolved with the times. I mean, he talked about how he coached in five different decades and how – the players in the game and how all that is involved, but he's constantly involving. You might have lost day on there, but that con- the last thing I heard him say uh, that really stood out, Kelvin Sampson has been coaching for five decades. That's yeah. <laughs> I've been alive for two decades. That <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. That's Thank crazy. you for making me feel old. But yeah, but uh, you've been doing it since the 80s, you know, and He's he's mellowed somewhat. I kind of remember him. You can see highlights of him back in the day at uh, especially Oklahoma. And he was he was a fiery coach. He's fiery now, but he's nowhere near like he was back then. But he's evolved. That's a great, great word to use. He has evolved as a coach and as a person. And it's good to see. And it's another sign of the evolution of this program. And that's why they're not consistently relevant on a national landscape. And whether others want to acknowledge that or not, the proof is in the pudding. You see it year in and out, year out. And the coaches know what was going on when they picked Houston second preseason, coming into a the best conference in basketball, they picked Houston to, to be second. That says a lot about the respect that the coaches have for what Kelvin Sampson has done here at Houston. I mean, looking back at it, since 2019, the the – the bottom line or the, the worst that Houston have done is the Sweet 16 appearance. Like, how yep. many programs <laughs> would trade that? 2019, Sweet 16, and really, if you even want to go back the year before then, 2018, like, they were just a, a crazy Jordan Poole shot away from making them to Sweet 16 that year. Sweet 16, 2019, Final Four in 2021, Elite Eight, 2022, and then obviously, of course, Sweet 16 last year in 2023. Like, think about it. When they got eliminated last year for in the Sweet 16 round, uh, th- there was a feeling of what? disappointment. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what happened? For a sweet yeah. 16 appearance. That, 
that is just again obviously from from a fan perspective they they won a national championship but from an outside perspective like put that into to more not to continue to use the word perspective but to put it into perspective like <laughs> the fans have truly been spoiled in terms of the level of success that this program has had and and it, it's not something that that is common not one bit it's become common it's become the norm here in houston but it's an incredible job that calvin Sampson has done and it's a testament to not only him, but an entire coaching staff, everyone has been associated with the program, and of course the players themselves, because if they don't buy in, if they don't go out there and put in the work, it's all for naught. And to add to that, Coach Tang said it, and other opposing coaches have mentioned it as well, and really coaches overall. When you have players <clears throat> holding each other accountable, mm-hmm. that the coaches don't have to do it, that just is it another sign of a successful program. Yes. The winning programs have that. The win, as Dan used the word, the consistent programs that win year in year out, they have that culture established where the player accountability carries a lot of weight as well. And Houston has that for sure. We hear Coach Sampson and other coaches say player-led teams are often the best-led teams, and. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Frank Fratilla said, he said that uh, another thing, I mean, he had like all, all broadcast, he was talking good about it, but he said Coach Sampson, Jamal Shedd is probably the tightest um, combined at the hip than any point guard and coach in the nation. He said if Coach Sampson decided not to coach the second half, he said Jamal Shedd can do it. And really just giving credit to Jamal Shedd's growth, maturity, his knowledge of the game and his understanding of what Coach Sampson wants and be able to, like, like we're talking about, lead and, and help um, the team reach that and, and continue that standard. Chris, any other takeaways from this game against Kansas State? I mean, like you mentioned, it was a wire-to-wire victory for Houston. They kind of punched them in the mouth early, and, and the Wildcats were just never able to recover. Uh, going back to Jerome Tang's comments, and I think Dayon alluded to this earlier in the show, like it's really hard for opposing teams to simulate it. And Tang talked about it again. Like they could pause, they could pause the film during leading up to the game against Houston. They could say, okay, this is going to be the pass that's going to be open. But when they're on the court, there is no pause button. And it, it was clear from the jump, like Kansas State got caught, um, not maybe necessarily off guard. They just couldn't overcome it. They couldn't respond. It took six minutes for them to score. And, and then they, they hit a couple of shots, but like, Houston was able to, yes, (laughs) Houston was able by that point, it was too late. It was a 10 point cushion and and it just continued to grow from that point. And there's nothing that the Wildcats could do. Um, Yeah. Any final takeaways from this game before we look ahead to Monday's showdown Uh, against Texas Longhorns? I mean, one thing I want to touch on, and it's not the K-State show, obviously, this is Les Rage Cougs. I was surprised that really the detailed answer Coach Tane gave regarding his technical foul that he got today and the previous game as well. But more today, when he said about the referee who gave him the tech, he said, all he said to the ref was, be the adult. And then he huh. was asked by Adam Spolin for more specifics. So coach named the player that he, he felt the referee was talking about. And, and he, Coach Tang said, the ref said to Cam Carter, keep your mouth shut or I can get rid of you, or you'll be sitting down soon. And according to Coach Tang, 
The ref called two fouls, touch fouls on Cam Carter. Next two possessions, and Cam Carter fouled out. I mean, Damn. I am certain that Coach Tang is going to hear from the Big 12 office on Monday or Tuesday because he was direct in his responses, and he tried to, you know. He tried to stay faith. He tried to not <laughs> not just completely tear uh, the referees a new one. But but the answer he gave, and he named the ref, and, and he got specific. And, and so, hey, I was surprised, and I posted a clip on, on my pla- on Twitter platform. Y'all listen to it. I'm just waiting for the, the Big 12 as fine K-State head coach Jerome Tang for comments he made about the officiating. <laughs> Look for it. It's coming. So, Chris, looking ahead at the Texans Longhorns, um, it's tough outing, uh, having to go play on the road, obviously, in the Big 12. Houston's gotten one road win. Um, they were able to do it in a hostile crowd in BYU just a week ago. But, obviously, Texas, Houston, we touched on that, what it meant in football. Well, it's men's basketball, the University of Houston faithful fans are going to be looking to get some payback from that football meeting. They asked head coach Carmen Sams about it and obviously couldn't care less about <laughs> about the storyline perspective but what can we look ahead when it comes to Houston and Texas on Monday from the Moody Center I'm looking forward to seeing Jamal shared against against Max Acemas <laughs> I'm looking forward to that seeing what Acemas does uh, against Jamal's defense the last time he he transferred from Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, correct? So yeah. when did Houston play Oral Roberts? Was it the 2020-21 season or was it 21? Yeah, it was, it was last 22. year. And and Marcus guarded him most of that game. It was in for Tita Center. Yeah, I remember. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the round two goes. Yeah, I'm so, looking forward yes. to the guard matchup too. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I thought you were finished. My bad. No, I was just going to say, if Max Ace struggles or, or – I think the Longhorns are losing right now at BYU – Road game in the Big 12. But the Longhorns have been inconsistent. Had a good road win at Oklahoma, but lost at UCF. So, but if the guard, if Max Aceman struggles Monday night, Houston should win. I mean, it's hard to to pick a team on the road to win a road game in the Big 12. But if Houston plays their A game or their B game, the Longhorns play their same level A, B, Houston should win the game. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, I think I'm interested about the guard. Both teams have small guards, whether mm-hmm. for Max Aceman, Hunter, Jamal, and LJ. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. Then I'm going to look for see Dylan Dessou, their big man who can score on all three levels, the three-point mid-range and inside. So it's going to be interesting to see the pick-and-roll coverage. I think Houston might play a lot of pick-and-roll coverage like they did against BYU and switching because of Dylan Dessou's ability to make the jump shot. And I, I know – it's kind of fair for both teams. Both teams are playing today, Saturday, mm-hmm. Monday night, turnaround. But the Cougars are leaving for Austin Sunday morning. They're driving. Longhorns are going to fly back from Provo probably tonight. That that flight, that might take some out of them. I know, you know Longhorns probably got some fancy jet, whatever, to get them back from Utah to Austin. <laughs> but still, the wear and tear on on the body. Will that be an issue for both teams? Who, who's, will that impact more Monday night? The crowd in Austin is going to really try to carry the Longhorns. I'm kind of curious to see how many Cougar fans make that trip up to Austin or how many Cougar alums in the area in Austin attend the game. But, man, oh, man, while we're talking, I'm looking at 
U.S. women's team is holding on against UCF, trying to keep the Knights from getting their first Big 12 win. It's 78-76 Houston with seconds left in the ballgame in Orlando. So it, that's – hey, if a win's a win. If Houston wins that game, good for them. But, boy, if they lose that game to UCF. Mm-hmm. But anyway, look forward to Houston and Longhorns in Austin on Monday. That's pretty much going to do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. On that note, Chris, I'm going to toss it back over to you. Ron says he's going to be making the trip to Austin, so I will not be here for the next Let's Rage Cougs, but we will be here on YouTube X. Watch it on your phone, man. Really known as Twitter <laughs> yeah. on the way. Hopefully, well, the, the game, it's an 8 p.m. tip-off, correct? Right, yes. So it'll be uh, about 10, 10.30 p.m. into the show, so... I mean, if you drive back that same night, that's 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 a tough toll. So, yeah. um, wherever wherever you are, whether you stay in Austin or drive back down, yeah, feel free to unwind, uh, put out Let's Rage Cougs or whenever after. Be sure to hit it on demand, whether it be on YouTube or any audio only platform that you listen to. Chris, I'm gonna toss it over to you. Where can people find you and any final comments you have? Salute to Star Pizza for coming through with some pizza post game for me and Andy and a few of our colleagues to enjoy. Pizza is excellent. Thank you very much for your support. Thank you very much for your pizza. Thank you to all of the fans who have participated in today's show. The Coug fans, Cougs got a great win today over K-State, a good K-State team. But follow me on Houston Rombar View, the platforms, YouTube. Click on that channel, subscribe to the channel. I'll buy you some Rombar View merch like this hoodie I'm wearing right here. Caps as well. But follow me on Twitter, Musk, Threads, Spoutable. All at Houston Round Bar View, Instagram, TikTok as well. And we'll see you Monday. Everybody take care. Chris, I always um I always chuckle when you say Musk when you call obviously the platform formerly known as Twitter. But yes, I, I cannot reiterate your statement hundred percent. Thank you to Star Pizza for hooking us up with the postgame pizza. And of course we'd like to say thank you to the Saxinian family, who's their primary sponsor for Letterage Cougs. For today's episode, a big thank you to Steve Saxinian and, of course, to Star Pizza, who is your go-to stop before or after each and every single Houston Cougars basketball game. They were our go-to pizza spot after today's big win, 74-52, in favor of the Houston Cougars over Kansas State. And Chris, I had the pepperoni. You had the Supreme. I'm about to try out the Supreme Pizza to see what it is, but... Star Pizza, they have free delivery since 1976. And like you said, Chris, we can never say thank you enough to them. Star Pizza, your go-to stop before. And we might have, a, might have some news to announce Monday, during Monday's show, pertaining to a certain game coming up. Most definitely. We all, we've kind of touched on it. One of the, we, we did it once, and it was very, you know, launch in terms of a live show. But you know, a week from today, there is a very big game. They will be taking place in some place called what? Allen Fieldhouse? Yeah, Let's we're, we're have brother, more, don't have more to know. We'll have be more there. to know about that. Yeah. So, um, like Chris said, stay tuned. Big thank you to Star Pizza. I'm about to try out their Supreme Pizza. See uh, what it's all about. I can't say more positive things about the pepperoni pizza and specifically their crust. I love their crust, toasted texture and flavor to it. Uh, and without further ado, Dan, I'll toss it over to you for our clothing. Remarks. Yeah, as always, appreciate all the support from the fans. Always a pleasure being alongside Chris and Andy. As always, go Cougs, baby. Stay tuned. Always over, on and over. On and over. Always continue to evolve as well. Go Cougs. Good win today. <laughs>